Thank you for joining us at Praise Chapel Paramount. We hope you enjoy this message from our Sunday sermon series, Vitals. We'll hear about some spiritual essentials needed in our lives for growth and greater relationship with God and others. Also, we'd love to hear what God has done in your life. To share your story, email us at info at pcparamount.org. Again, we hope you enjoy this message. Well, good morning, everyone. We're glad you're here in the house of God. Are you glad you're here this morning? We're glad you're here, and we appreciate your giving, and what a wonderful presence of the Lord this morning and all that's going on here. But we are in this new series, and so I'll talk about that in just a few moments. But before I do that, I want to read a scripture out of uh, the book of Colossians chapter 1, uh, verse number 9 through 11. I'm going to read just a few verses of scripture, and then we'll get into this message here. It says, because of this, since the day we heard about you, we have continued praying for you, asking God that you will know fully what he wants. We pray that you will also have great wisdom and understanding in spiritual things. He wants them to have some understanding of the spiritual thing so that you will live the kind of life that honors and pleases the Lord in every way. You will produce fruit in every good work. And grow in the knowledge of God. God will strengthen you with his own great power so that you will not give up. Thank God, don't give up. Turn to somebody and say, don't give up. So that you will not give up when trouble comes, but you will be patient. So let's pray for uh, just the Holy Spirit to just help us today. Father, we thank you for the word of God. Your word is precious. Your word is powerful. Your word is relevant in 2019. It applies to our lives today, and so I pray that you would open our hearts and our minds and remove so many distractions that are on our minds right now, so many pressures of life and things that sometimes can clog what you want to speak into our lives today, so remove that. Help us to give you our 100% undivided attention. I pray for the anointing of your spirit as I declare the word of God. And, Lord, I pray, let the people hear the voice behind the voice in Jesus' name. And the people said, amen. Amen. So, uh, unfortunately, we as Christians don't grow spiritually naturally. There are things that we have to do in life and in our walk with God in order to grow spiritually. Uh, We have our good moments as Christians. We have our great moments where we seem to be doing good in one area, but if we don't stay consistent, how many understand that we begin to falter? And before you know it, we find ourselves doing things that are not very spiritually healthy for us. And so Paul is emphasizing here that we are to live the kind of life with God's great power, it helps us not to give up, basically, and to live the kind of life that honors and pleases God. So just becoming a Christian and giving your life to Christ doesn't mean you automatically grow. It means there are some things and disciplines in our life that we have to begin to put in place. There are some habits that need to, we need to get rid of. There are some things in our lives this morning that can get in a way that we need to stop doing in order to grow and develop into disciples, into followers of Christ, into those that are committed to Jesus Christ and have a relationship with God. So God loves you just the way you are, but he refuses to leave you the way you are. 
And he wants to see you change. He wants to see you transform. And honestly, the evidence of a changed life is a person that is transformed. You're not the same person you used to be. You don't think the same way. You don't talk the same way. You don't do the same things you used to do. And so there is a transformation that takes place as you begin to grow and develop in your walk with God. And so we're calling these vitals. What are those vital things that will help you in your walk with God? What are those vital things that will keep you consistent in your walk with God? In fact, 1 John 2, uh, 2, 6 says, those who say they live in God shall live their lives as Jesus did. So our lives should reflect Christ. Our lives should reflect the life of Christ. And obviously, it's a process. How many know we're not done, right? We're not finished. But it's a process of God getting rid of old habits in our lives and so that we can begin to develop new habits and so that we can grow and not grow on the waistline but spiritually, right? And it's a process called sanctification. And basically, it's a theological word. And what that means, it describes the inward spiritual process whereby God brings about holiness and change in the life of a Christian by means of the Holy Spirit. So maturity and spiritual growth is the gradual, lifelong process based on our decisions and commitments to Christ. And so I believe some of the things that will help us grow, most of us already know this, but some of the inward things that we could do is we can pray. How many can pray a little bit? And get into the Word of God. These things will help you. Some outward things that will help us is worshiping God together, fellowshipping together. That means caring for other Christians, spending time with other believers. All of these things are good. But there are also some vital things that will really help you along in your walk with God that will keep you consistent. Uh, uh, one of the things that even in the... Uh, in the medical world, it's called vitals, and basically there's some vital signs in your life or some vitals that keep you alive. And what, they, what happens is during an emergency or someone, if there's an EMT that comes or a paramedic that comes to an emergency call, they evaluate the situation. And so if the person's bleeding, obviously they tend to the, the wound. If the person's not breathing, they, they begin to perform CPR, all these things. But simultaneously, there's usually another EMT, and he's checking their vital sign. And there are four key vital signs that at least that's what I read. I'm not, I'm not a medical person, but one of the things that they do is they check your pulse. You don't have a pulse you're dead. They got to they gotta check your pulse and make sure your pulse is at the right rate. I think it's between somewhere between uh, 72 and 88. Uh, uh, post, your pulse rate indicates that you're, you're healthy, so they check that. And then they, they also check your blood pressure, making sure your blood pressure is stabilized. Too high of a blood pressure uh, or too low of a blood pressure could be deadly, so they want to make sure between 120 to 80. If you've got a high blood pressure... <coughs> Pray, go to the doctor, something okay. And then respiratory, uh, they say a, a respiratory count is between like 16 per minute or something like that. And so they, they check your respiratory, make sure you're breathing correctly. And then they also check your body temperature. That's another vital sign that they make sure your temperature of your body, I believe it's 98.6, 98.6. So they want to make sure that your body temperature is correct. 
All of these affect the other. So if one is off, it can affect the rest of your body. And so in, the, in your walk with God as the Christian, there are spiritual vital signs. There are some things in your life that need to be there, and they need to be uh, in good health in order to keep you healthy. And what happens is that Christians, if we're not careful, we allow some of these spiritual vital signs in our lives to begin to falter, and it affects the rest of them. So one of the spiritual vital signs that I think is very important is encouragement. Say encouragement. We all need some encouragement. We also need to give encouragement. One of the things is we're, many times we're good at receiving encouragement, but you also, be, you also need to be an encourager. And you'll be surprised many times the best way to encourage yourself is encourage somebody else first. And you'll be surprised that that encouragement will come back on you. But encouragement is so vital in today's society because we live in a very what they call independent society. We love our independence. In fact, we just celebrated our independence, right? Fourth of July. How many remember the earthquake? And and the day after. Maybe why that's why the church is filled today. I don't know. We had a lot of people this morning. And even in our second service, little a little shaking will get you. Get you humble, won't it, won't it? But anyway, so I don't. how did I get into vitals, independence? That's right. Independence is, can be very difficult. People are always wanting, they say, well, you know, I want to be independent. I want to be a self-made man, a self-made woman. I want to be financially independent. I want to be relationally independent. And so they think the way to happiness and the way to fulfillment in life is to be independent. But I'm here to tell you that's counter. Uh, the Word of God, because the Word of God says we're not to walk alone. It's not good for a person to be alone. It's not good for you and I to be by ourselves. And as much as independence does help you do a lot of things and accomplish many things, we're, we're supposed to be relational. So we're not supposed to be independent. We're supposed to be interdependent. We're supposed to be community. The healthiest Christian is the Christian who is interdependent. He has community, and I'm going to show you that here. In Romans chapter 12, verse 5, it says this, Since we are all one body in Christ, we belong to each other, and each of us needs all the others. So turn to your neighbor and say, you need me. And you, 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 and you turn back and say, I need you. So we have about, we've got about 100 marriage proposals just already, just what we just did right now. So I got a two-for-one special next week. No, I'm just kidding. But, but basically, you need me, I need you. But really, that is Bible right there. It really, we are wired for community. We are wired for relationship. God created us that way, and we're supposed to be a family. In fact, when we walk, we're supposed to walk together. In fact, the Bible many times compares the Christian life to a walk or to a spiritual walk. And we're not to walk alone. We're to walk with someone else. There's lots of times where people say, well, I like to walk alone. I like to walk by myself. I like to do what I want to do. And that's the problem. When you're always by yourself and so independent, you're never going to have solid relationships. 
You'll never know how to have, a, how to love somebody else and how to forgive and how to give grace. This is what walking with others does. But there's a couple of things here before I actually get into encouragement that I kind of, I'm building a foundation this morning that will help us kind of get the idea of why we need each other. And 1 Thessalonians 5.11 says, so encourage each other and build each other up just as you are, are already doing. So again, the Bible often calls our spiritual life a spiritual walk. We're not, it's not something we just sit around. It's a journey. We are walking together. And basically, when you walk together, one of the things that you'll understand when you're together with other people, it's safer. How many know there's safety in numbers? If there's one thing to walk down a dark alley by yourself, but when you walk with 10 or 15 people, you feel a little safer, right? There's power in numbers. And so there's something about it when you're walking together, it's a safer or you sense safety in numbers. It's also very supportive. In other words, when you have numbers or people around you, you feel the support. Now, I've never ran a marathon. Anybody here ever run a marathon before? Hey, okay, all right. So we got a couple of people that have run a marathon. And one of the things that I understand about a marathon, when you're running a marathon, is there's always a point during the marathon, they say either it's at the 20-mile mark or the 10-mile mark, whatever it is, where the person wants to give up, where they feel like they just cannot go on. They're, they're ready to quit. They're ready to say, this is over. I can't go anymore. I can't walk anymore. I can't take another step. And usually can someone can come in from the outside and just give words of encouragement. Come on, you can do it. Come on, just a couple more steps. Come on, just keep going. And, and it's amazing what that support will do to that person that's running that marathon, that encouragement, that support helps them to keep going and not to quit. There's an old proverb that says this, when you run alone, you run fast, but when you run together, you run far. So there's something about others that are around you will cause you to run and to make a journey. Now, I don't know if you've ever seen geese when they fly, especially when they, when they migrate, they fly in the V formation. You've ever noticed that? Most of you may know this, but there's a reason for that. The reason why the geese will fly in the V formation, if they fly farther, they say they actually can fly 71% farther when they fly in the V formation together because it creates an updraft. They don't get as tired when they fly together. And so basically the bird up in the front, he, he leads and they all are in the V formation and they begin to cause this updraft and it causes them to fly further and they're not as tired, but the guy in the front needs encouragement. You ever seen the geese? They're honking, honk, honk. They're, they're encouraging him. They're not like Christians complaining and putting each other down, right? They're honking and encouraging the guy in the front. Honk, honk, honk. You know, you hear them. And that guy, he's just up there, man. He's doing everything he can. And then when he gets tired, he flies to the end, and the next guy goes up. And so they encourage one another. They realize their support system, and they realize they are better together. They are better flying together than alone. And also, when you are walking together with somebody else, it's smarter. 
Stay smarter. A lot of us this morning, uh, you're working harder, but you're not working smarter because you're working alone. And I believe this morning, if we can get some friends around us, uh, we can uh, become a lot more smarter than we are alone. In fact, Proverbs 28, 26 says, only fools trust what they think alone is right. So when you begin to think on your own, you're pretty foolish. You need others to be able to speak and advise you. In fact, the Bible says in Proverbs eleven fourteen, 14, a multitude of counselors, in a multitude of counselors, there is safety. So there's something about having people speak and help you and speak into your life and give you words of encouragement, words of support. They keep you safer, smarter. They give you support, all of these things, because we live in a world that is chronically negative. How many have noticed that? I mean, it's just a negative world. I mean, from the moment you turn on the radio, from the moment, you know, you're looking for traffic, oh, we got a signal alert, oh, it's a lot of traffic. I go, man, I don't need that. I need some good news. Uh, you know, well, there might be another earthquake. Oh, yeah, there might be 20 more coming. It's like, oh, my goodness, I'm barely recovering after the first one. And, you know, and then you got that one reporter. Anyway, chronically negative people. And from the moment that you send your kid to school, it's negative. They come back and say, Mom, I got to get another style of shoe. These shoes are out. I got to get different clothes because the kids are making fun of what I wear. You understand what I'm saying? Uh, they, they're not in the advanced class. They're in the regular class. Uh, they didn't get picked for the team. Uh, I mean, all this negative stuff, they come back, and, and it's this constant pressure, especially with the social media today. I mean, man, I'd hate to be a 14-year-old today with social media. I mean, back when I grew up, you know, you, you kind of didn't feel popular, but now there's hard evidence that you're not as popular. All I have to do is look at your friends list and you say, man, you're not that popular, are you? And so it's just one of those bad things. I'm thinking, man, uh, it's so negative, uh, and, and there's so much pressure going on. This is why we need to really, really need words of encouragement. It goes all the way until you become an adult. You know, you're trying to please the boss, and he says, no, that's not good. You accomplished this project while you could have done better. You know, you're raising your kids. You go to, you go to lunch with the in-laws, and the in-laws telling you you're not raising your kids right. Your kids are agreeing with the in-laws and say, yeah, you're not raising us right, Dad. He says, what? You know, and so all these bad things, you get home, your, mom, your wife says, you know, why can't we afford this? Why can't we buy this? So all of these negative things can really become a pressure in your life. Somebody say amen. amen. Then you get a new haircut, you know, and somebody says, is that a new haircut? And you go, yeah. They go, oh. It's not like, <laughs> it's not like, oh, you know, like good. Like, oh, oh yeah. It's like, oh, and that's it? Like that good or bad or that a good oh or bad oh? What is that? Oh, oh, oh I don't know what that is. It's been, I mean, we live in that kind of, of discouraging voices all around us. And so this is why I believe encouragement is the key to our lives. Let me just submit this to you. I would tell you that one of the most spiritual things that you can do is be an encourager. All of us can encourage somebody. And I'll, I'll say this, you can encourage somebody every day. Every day, I believe we have the capacity to encourage somebody, give an encouraging word to somebody. And again, I'll submit to you that the most spiritual thing that you can do as the believer is to be an encourager. Because all of us this morning 
can be encouraged and we can encourage. And let me just say this to you. God is an encourager. Did you know that? God is an encouraging God. And if the, the quicker we learn that, the faster we'll begin to encourage others. Let me read you this scripture because it really popped out to me. I never really had read it this way before, but then I, I read it again. 2 Corinthians 7, 5, and 6. Look at what it says. He, this is Paul talking. Paul the Apostle said, when we arrived in Macedonia, there was no rest for us. How many have ever been there? Man, I need some rest. If, you, if you're a young mom with children, you need rest. And they said, then we face conflict from every direction. How many have been there? And they said, with battles on the outside and fear on the inside, but God. Say, but God. Man, but God, who encouraged those, who encourages those who are discouraged, encouraged us by the arrival of Titus. So Paul is speaking to the Corinthian church, and he's saying, listen, <clears throat> when we arrived in Macedonia, we were in need of rest. In other words, uh, he was tired, all kinds of things that were going on. He was experiencing conflict uh, from every direction. If you've ever had that happen in your life, it just seems like one battle after another, one trial after another trial, and all these different things. And so this is what Paul's describing. I'm fighting these battles on the outside. I'm fighting battles on the inside. He's dealing probably with anxiety. He's dealing with some fears. And then I love these words in verse number 6. But God, say it again, but God. Every once in a while, in the midst of negative circumstances, we need a but God. Hallelujah. We need God to get in the middle of what's happening in your situation. See, you, your finance could, finances could be bad. Your relationships could be bad. All kinds of problems at work. But God gets involved. But God intervenes. But God does something in the midst of your circumstances. That's what I'm talking about. We need a but God. Hallelujah. And the Bible says he encourages he encourages those that incur that are discouraged. And I like what he says here because he says God encouraged them how by sending a guy by the name of Titus. So Paul is attributing the arrival of another godly man by the name of Titus. In other words, because of Titus. They were encouraged, but God is the one that sent Titus to encourage him. Are you with me? So lots of times we're looking for God to encourage us, but we don't realize that God is using someone else to bring that encouragement. So I'll share an old joke with you. Is that all right? <clears throat> and just laugh just to make me feel better. But it's an old joke. There's a guy in his house, and there's a flood coming. All of a sudden the flood rises, and he goes to the roof, and he says, God, I'm going to trust you today. You're going to save me. And so he says, God, save me today. Rescue me. And so this guy in the canoe comes by and says, jump in the canoe. He goes, no, God's going to save me. Second guy comes. He has the motorboat. And he says, jump in the boat. He goes, no, no, God's going to save me. Finally, a helicopter shows up, throws him a ladder, says, hey, jump, you know, get on the ladder. He goes, no, no, God's going to save me. Finally, the flood overcomes the roof, and the guy drowns. And he's talking to God and says, God, what happened? Why did you let me drown? He goes, well, I sent you a canoe, a motorboat, and a helicopter. What happened? Right? Thank you for laughing. So you guys are good. I appreciate that. 
It was a fake laugh, but it was good enough. I'll, I'll, I'll take that as good. It was good. So anyway, I'm encouraged. I'm encouraged. I really am. So here, here's the thing. <clears throat> here, here's the thing, though. Many times God wants to encourage us, but God is using someone to encourage you. So don't think, don't consider it a, co- a coincidence when you're going through a battle, when you're going through some things in your life, and all of a sudden a person shows up to give you a compliment. It could be a small thing. It could be a phone call. It could be a text. And yet you've been praying uh, for all these things. You've been feeling lonely and depressed, and yet God's the one that sent someone to encourage you, but you think it's just a coincidence. It's not. It's God answering your prayer. And I was, I was reading a story about this one pastor who, uh, uh, he, was, he had a large church, and oftentimes he would shake hands with people, but, you know, he said, I just couldn't remember people's names. They're just too large of a church. And so he was standing at the, at the door many times, like I do, greeting people, and uh, <clears throat> somehow he, he struck, thank you very much, uh, he struck a conversation with a, a young lady, and her name was Melissa, and they talked for a few seconds, and, and uh, you know, she, she went on by. But about a month later, <clears throat> he saw her, and she had her head down, her eyes kind of down, and, and he saying to himself, I don't know this girl's name. So he just said, I just took a, a leap of faith and shouted and said, hey, Melissa, and her eyes lit up. And she goes, you remember my name? He goes, yeah. And he goes, if you remember my name, I know God remembers my name. That means God cares about me, doesn't he? He goes, he sure does. He goes, I was so discouraged, she told him. I was so depressed. He goes, this was going to be my last service. And I was going to just give it all up and forget it. He goes, but you remembered my name, and it reminds me that God knows my name. So you never know. You never know. I was talking to a brother I preached earlier this morning. He said, you know why I came back the second time? I said, why? He goes, because you remembered my name. I go, man, thank God. Hallelujah. I don't remember everybody's name. I'm sorry, but I remembered his name. He goes, you, you said my name. He goes, I just want you to know that. I go, well, I didn't know that story. He goes, yeah. When you shared that, he goes, I remember that's why I came back. He goes, this guy remembered my name. So if I don't remember your name, God knows your name. Hallelujah. <laughs> Amen. That's okay. But don't think it's a coincidence many times. I'm being honest with you. You know, we're looking for encouragement, but could it be that maybe when you turn on that radio, that song was just for you? You know, it, you know I remember that song came out, you know, I, I'm no longer uh, a slave to fear. And I'm, I, I was kind of, you know, can I be transparent? There's times even as a pastor I could be a little discouraged. I could be discouraged over a sermon. You guys didn't laugh. You guys didn't respond, nothing. I said, man, that was a bomb. That thing, man, that thing didn't go. That, that, that was a bunt. I didn't even get the first base on that one. So anyway, <clears throat> I could be discouraged for a lot of different things. So I, but then I turned on that song, I'm No Longer a Slave to Fear. I said, man, I'm not a slave to fear. I'm a child of God. I am a child of God. And so when you begin to think about those moments, it uh, could be a scripture. All of a sudden, you're feeling this scripture, and you open the Bible, and it, and it brought you to that scripture. I don't think that it's a coincidence. Don't think it's by chance uh, that you got encouraged. Uh, this is why I want to encourage you this morning to be a part of, of, uh, of a small group, be a part of a connect group, be a part of a, 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 of a, um, a life group. Let me drink a water. Is that all right? Give me a moment here. 
All right. It, guys, just forgive me. I, I, I preached before, so this is my second time preaching. All right. I think I feel a little better. So, again, <clears throat> one of the most spiritual things that you can do, again, is encourage somebody. So, uh, I believe in encouraging somebody daily, every day. Look at what the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 3, verse 13. It says, but encourage one another daily. doesn't say yearly, right? It says daily. As long as it is called today so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. So by us encouraging somebody, we can, all, we can also cause that person to stop being deceived by any of sin's deceitfulness or harden their heart because you were there to help them. So I believe this. How many have ever heard the, uh, <clears throat> the term, if you don't have anything good to say, don't say it at all, right? But let me flip that. If you have something good to say, say it. Isn't it something this morning that when we have something bad to say, you have diarrhea of the mouth? I mean, you just, just it's just flooding all of just, my goodness, the toilet just overflows out of your mouth. I mean, it's like shut the thing down, put a lid on that thing, turn off the water. I mean, but, but when we have something good to say, you're just like, mm, you don't say anything. I was thinking of it. Say it, spray it, text it, something, do something, let it come out. We need to hear it. Say a good encouraging word. If you have something good to say, Say, slap it out of you. Get that word out. Speak it. Verbalize it. Say, I love you. You look great today. You know, it's awesome. Now, all of these things are so good, and yet those are the things we don't say. The things we should say, we don't say, and the things we shouldn't say, we end up saying. So I believe this morning that that's the reason why even I talked about small groups and life groups. Uh, that's the best place where you can get some encouragement. Many times when you go into a big setting like this, as big as the crowd like this, it's hard to get that personal encouragement. This is why I want to encourage you to go to some, one of, some of our small groups on Friday night. We have a life group. We have connect groups. Where you can get a word of encouragement. I talk to people all the time. They go, Pastor, I'm so discouraged. Do you go to a life group? Oh, no, I don't go there. Well, how are you going to get encouraged? That, that somebody will get to meet you, get to know your name, and find out what's going on in your life, get a little bit more personal. Rather than a large setting, you get that personal encouragement. That's why it's so important that you go to the, one of those uh, small groups, uh, connect groups. And when I first became a believer, that was so vital to me. It was so vital. I went there on Friday nights, man. It was so vital. I learned the things of God. I connected with the leader. I connected with other people. And I left encouraged because I had that small group or that connection, that closeness where I couldn't get in the larger setting. And look at what Hebrews chapter 10, most of us know the scripture, said, let us think of ways to motivate one another toward acts of love and good works. So in other words, uh, we need to motivate each other. And then it says this, and let us <clears throat> not neglect our meeting together. In other words, don't stop going to church. Don't stop meeting, as some people do. But encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. So the Bible instructs us uh, that we're to motivate each other with acts of love and good work and let us not neglect 
are meeting together, it's saying that we can encourage each other. The greatest place of encouragement is when we get together, when we get around other believers, when other believers encourage us. That is the greatest place. That's the most spiritual place that it can be. Can I give you some words of encouragement? Will you receive the words of encouragement? Let me give you a word of encouragement. Because many times people say, well, what do I need to do? What should I be doing? Let me give you a word of encouragement. My first word of encouragement is thank you for coming on Sunday, but can I encourage you to come on Wednesdays? In other words, just don't, let me encourage you not just to come to church once a week. I, I can't even make it on once a week. I need that midweek boost, man. By Wednesday, I, I need some encouragement. I need to go around some other people. I need some prayer. I, I, I need some, some love. I need, you know, I need a hug. I need something, you know. Uh, we used to have a brother, his name, his, not, well, I won't tell you his name, but we called him Brother Love. Brother Love, come here, man, because he would just hug you all the time and just a genuine hug, a genuine love, and we, we just called him Brother Love. He's going to love you, man. If you've, sometimes, sometimes I would listen to his voicemail just to get encouraged. So I'd call him sometimes, he'd answer, and I said, no, 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 uh, I'm going to call you back, let it go to your voicemail. <laughs> and he goes, why? Because I, I need to be encouraged. Because in the voicemail, it would say, and remember, God loves you. You're the apple of his eye. God is chasing after you. God is your father. I would say, whoo, man, it was like a minute-long voicemail. <laughs> a message, and he goes, didn't leave a message. I said, man, I'd be encouraged. So, so sometimes I text him, I go, I'm going to listen to your voicemail. Don't answer it. I want to hear <laughs> that I'm the apple of his eye, that... God is chasing after me. I'm going, man, that is so good. Sometimes you just need a word of encouragement. Second thing, are you ready this morning? When you encourage other people, make it spiritual. Now, I understand this morning we can compliment people. I understand we can say they look good. All those things are great, and I say keep doing all of those things. But there's also something spiritual in encouragement. And this is what Paul says in Romans chapter 1. He says, one of the things I always pray for is the opportunity, God willing, to come at last to see you. For I long to visit you so I can bring you some spiritual gift that will help you grow strong in the Lord. And actually, the following verse says this. When I get together, I want to encourage you in your faith, but I also want to be encouraged by yours. So something spiritual What's happening? Thank you, brother. I'm encouraged. Is that some hot tea? Thank you, brother Reuben. Appreciate that. Give Reuben a hand, man. That's awesome. Reuben delivered it, but somebody made the tea. So let's give that person a hand, too. I'm encouraged by your encouragement. Hallelujah. So here it is. So Paul is saying that by him encouraging them, they were encouraging him. And so it was going back. And he said, let me, let me impart the spiritual thing into your life. So he was saying, I'm going to impart something spiritual to help you grow and to help you better. And I believe this morning, that's what we can do. We strengthen each other by speaking spiritual words into each other. We have times where we're praying for somebody or giving a word, a prophetic word over somebody. Uh, we were praying over the service earlier this morning in our 9 o'clock service. We are praying over people, and, and some people were giving some prophetic words or just words of encouragement, spiritual things, and it really helped 
strengthen some people and help really empower some people. Sometimes this morning, believe it or not, you can go to someone and say, you know, I was watching you worship God, and your worship to God inspires me to worship God. Man, and, and, and there's something powerful when you compliment what that, I mean, I was watching you with your hand lifted, man. Encourage me to lift my hands. And many times I'll, I'll be in the front and I, as I observe some people, I, I'm just touched by their worship. And I, I've watched some people. You, you know, what really gets me is people that, that when they first came in, you know, they, they, they look like, you know, like, uh, you know, their face, you know, like dipped in battery acid all, you know, like this. And when they first came, and now they're happy, and they're lifting their hands, and they're worshiping God. And you, you're, I'm so moved by that. I'm so moved because you could see the change and the transformation that took place in that person's life. And their worship is so powerful. So I would say to you this morning to be a person that will encourage. And while you're encouraging, believe it or not, that they encourage you. Have you ever done something good for somebody, and after you did that for them, you walked away feeling good? Because you encouraged. That's the gift. Paul, Paul the apostle was encouraged. Believe it or not, I can't get into the whole story here, but I'll just give you a, a small summary of a man by the name of Barnabas. Barnabas, the name Barnabas means son of encouragement. He found in Acts chapter 4. That's not his real name. That's his nickname. So imagine they nicknamed you, uh, not dog, not, you know, you know, whatever they called you, not, not maniac, not the menace, but they called you, they called you son of encouragement. They called you Barnabas. And so they called him Barnabas, okay? And so, um, they, so he was the son of encouragement. And there was a guy by the name of Paul that most of us already know who he was. But before his name was Paul, his name was Saul. And Saul was the persecutor of the church. He hated Christians. He put Christians in prison. He was against the things of God. But we know the story. He gets saved and, and God transformed his life. But the Bible says the other disciples or the other uh, followers of Christ were afraid. They didn't believe Paul was really converted. They thought, oh, he's just faking it, man. He's going to get us in the long run. So nobody wanted to hang out with Paul. Finally, it was Barnabas, the Bible says, that got a hold of Paul and, and took him before the apostles and said, this man is transformed. He's the real deal. They took a man to encourage. Are you with me? He encouraged Paul. He encouraged the other apostles to accept Paul. And, of course, the rest is history because one-third of the New Testament is written by Paul the Apostle because there was one man that encouraged him. In fact, Barnabas never wrote a book in the Bible. In fact, most of the New Testament, or at least the epistles and all of that, are written by Paul, and Barnabas is hardly mentioned. So he was willing to give the limelight to someone else and let somebody else shine because he was an encourager. See, sometimes we need to encourage without getting the credit. Are you with me? Say, you know what? I encourage that person, but I'm not looking for credit because I just want to help somebody else. Is that all right? Somebody say amen. Amen or oh me or whatever you got to say. But anyway, here, here, here's the last thing I want to say to you this morning. Is we need to learn how to encourage ourselves. How many have ever felt where, or you've been in a place in your walk with God where there was nobody around? You text and nobody answered. You text and there were no bubbles, right? You say, hey, there's nobody's responding. You, 
Nobody answered the phone. Nobody responded to text. Nothing. You just felt kind of alone and by yourself. And all of a sudden you say, man, what do I do? Uh, you, you know, there's nobody around. You're talking to God. feels like it's going nowhere. While David was in a place, and, and I'm going to read the story in 1 Samuel uh, chapter 30. You can read it later. Uh, 1 Samuel chapter 30. And in that chapter, I'll give you the, the background of what's going on. Uh, David, King David, well, he wasn't King David. He was just a, a leader at that time, and he was kind of in isolation. And, but he had a band of, of, of a group, an army, and they went out to fight a battle. And while they were fighting a battle somewhere, another enemy came into their city where they had lived and took their wives and their children. When they came back from battle, they get home, and their children and wives are gone. Could you imagine the feeling? They're crying and weeping, and then the men look at David and said, it's your fault. You're our, you're our leader, and you took us out to battle. And while, they did, while we did that, they took our wives and our kids. And so the Bible says David is discouraged, and now they're thinking about stoning him. They're going to kill him. So imagine how discouraged you are. You were this leader. You're supposed to be this man of God. You're supposed to be a king. These guys have been following you, but all of a sudden now they're turning on you, and he feels alone. And the Bible says David encouraged himself. Let's read that verse there. Verse, and verse number six, it said, but David encouraged himself, what? In the Lord his God. Sometimes this morning when you're feeling discouraged, sometimes when you're feeling alone, you need to encourage yourself. You might be saying, well, pastor... I'm not a preacher. Well, you need to learn how to preach yourself, baby. You need to just start preaching and say, greater is he that's in me than he that is in the world. There is more with me than it with them. Can you say amen? Though the enemy comes in like a flood, God will raise up a standard against them. You need to encourage yourself. You need to look to the word. You need to look to yourself inside and say, God, you're with me. If God is for me, who can be against me? Hallelujah. There's got to be a point in your life where you begin to encourage yourself because there may not be no one around. There may not be no one answering. And they may seem like God's not answering. But I'm telling you, deep inside, God's there. And if you encourage yourself, you will come out on top. We need to learn how to encourage it's vital. It's vital to your walk with God. See, what's happening this morning, if we lose our vitals this morning, we'll go down quick. We have to understand how vital encouragement is. We have to understand these things are so vital in our walk with God that, that if we begin to falter in these things, we could die spiritually. We can go back to what we're doing. Thank God Paul the Apostle understood encouragement. He was encouraged by Barnabas, and then Paul begins to encourage other people. And really, the word of God, many of the epistles that Paul wrote were words of encouragement. He was encouraging others because he understood what being encouragement, being encouraged was. Friend, I'll tell you what, if you can find someone in the church or someone outside the church that you can encourage, it will change your life. I try, I'm telling you, my prayer is I try to encourage somebody every day. Every day. Even if they have a bad haircut, it'll grow back in a couple months. I said, that's a great haircut. Bro, I like your haircut. Even if it's bad, because it's going to grow in a couple months anyway. Yeah, it's a good haircut, man. Right on. You know, I like what you're wearing. Even though it's outdated, it's, it's good, man. It looks good. It looks good on you. 
It's gun on you, baby. All right. You, you hear what I'm saying? You know, even if I look bad, just tell me I look good. I make, I'll feel better. Amen. Even if it's a bad sermon, just say, Pastor, that was a life-changing message. Thank God somebody got it. Hallelujah. So I'll tell you what, a, a word of encouragement will change somebody's life. It's vital to your walk with God. It's vital to who you are. Hey, thanks for listening to this week's message from Praise Chapel Paramount. If you want to stay connected, follow us online with Facebook and Instagram at PC Paramount or visit our website at praisechapelparamount.com.